Hi, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the Liberty After Dark Can't Get Their Shit Together cast, where mm. I sit here and I try to get my shit together for however long. That is so much better. But because I'm a terrible host, this is what we get. So welcome, folks. How's it going? We have uh, a fantastic show planned up for tonight. And uh, oh, look. I'm still bidding for the mics at five pounds. Robert, Robert, right here. He knows how it goes. So you, everybody, Brian sounds good, right? For those of you who don't know him, Brian is, was on the show a long, long time ago. Um, probably like a month and a half at this point. And uh, that was before. Probably longer than that. Yeah, two months maybe. Yeah. Was, like February, I think, honestly. Right around there. So he's only got... On the on the, the like the shipped podcast, he only has one set of episodes, and that was the ones we did with his buddy Derek, called the Young Bucks. If you like those, go check them out. Check out the podcast; it's awesome stuff. Uh, we're going to be getting Kane on here in a few minutes, but I just kind of wanted to put out the format of the show before we ever start, uh, you know, moving on with what we got planned for the rest of today. So we're going to be going over some of the Iran aggression stuff. Mostly today is going to be about personal philosophy. And uh, if you guys wanted to tag any people before we get going, this is a perfect time. So uh, let's go through the comments real quick. WTF, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Nashville David. Nashville is still boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. My parents got me this shirt. I just I like this the is color. This and is the second time stuff. you've worn that shirt on show. No. Yeah, because somebody asked you last time you came on, hey, you from, uh, you from Tennessee? No. You don't remember? We were out at the bar that time. Oh. Yeah. I thought you wore it on the show. You guys get way more viewers if you made out and did cool tricks. <laughs> You're right. No one wants to listen to me talk about stuff or or, or Brian here for that matter. They don't what, uh, what defines as a cool trick? Mm, these are the real questions, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to put <clears throat> the chat underneath where Kane is going to be. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can barely hear you. How about now? It's a little bit better. I'll just I'll Jamie plugs in. That works. I have no idea why everything is work not working the way it's Oh, there we go. Oh, is Got that your and clear there. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That works. All right. So let me fix the thing that we had set up earlier that is now broken again. I don't even know why I prep <laughs> for these things anymore. I just need to just start going in, just expecting everything to be broken. Ah, uh, just wing it. Yeah, pretty, She'll be right. Just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> the the man, the myth, the legend, the opal miner. I'm jealous of the beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking a bit rough this morning after getting chewed by bugs. Oh, oh. yeah. So how was yeah. your morning? How was everything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing good. The sun's up. I'm up right, so that's the biggest start. Yeah, sun's up, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> Yeah, the Russians I used to work for believed that every day above ground was a good day. That's a very positive lifestyle, or way to look at it, I guess, if, if you wanted to really dissect it. <laughs> oh, man. So any any interesting developments in the world of Kane since the last time you've been on a, a stream of this sort? Um, no, just Opal, Opal, Opal. Just getting to more, more promotional things happening with Opal because uh, the season's about to kick off for all the buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just getting getting ready for their 
to their entrances. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, well, uh, there's going to be some people uh, who may be coming across this stream who aren't from our, our normal groups. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves. We'll start with you, Kane, since you're here. Go ahead and uh, uh, talk about yourself. Introduce yourself. Oh, <laughs> put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, well, for everyone that doesn't know me, I'm Kane, the crowbar swinger. I live out amongst the rocks basically call it Mars, dig with a crowbar, and hopefully find some pretty shiny rocks for me effort. And when I'm not doing that, interacting with the Liberty Mems movement, the Liberty Liberty Late Night, and Liberty After Dark. Hey. It's about, about my social scene at the moment. <laughs> not a bad social scene. Yeah, it's a good one to have, I was yeah. about to say. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So I have a much less interesting introduction, but I'm Brian. I'm uh, a dude, and uh, yeah, Christian brought me on for the third time now. So. Yeah, I think this is the third. The first time was when we were a lot less serious. I was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this show that I do after the other guys do their show," and he was like, "Well, that sounds like fun." And so he came on once, <laughs> and then the second time was. A lot more serious. That that episode's available in a three-parter. Uh, we had a great conversation there with his buddy Derek. But uh, so now he's back. Awesomeness. I've been trying to get him on for like two shows now, but uh, you yeah. know, to, we'll we'll call it schedule conflicts. How about that? Yeah, being too hungover. Ah, uh, that's weak. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Kane here could probably drink us out of house and home. Oh, I'd believe it. <laughs> he's, he's like a wall. That, that's why I was trying to tell you about the salty plums. Salty plums? Why, you eat it for a hangover sort of thing? Or to prevent one? Yeah, yeah, they're good for good for hydration and replacing the minerals and vitamins in your body. Oh, okay. Salty plums. I've literally never heard that before. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. It must they're be an Aussie Korean thing. invention. Well, I mean, I... I think I might have had one, but I've never heard of it for like a hangover cure before. Mm. I, I don't get hangovers anyway, but yeah, I know the lads course, he used when they... He's like, if I were to get a hangover, this yeah. is what I would use. If I was a pussy, <laughs> this is how I deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, no ovaries here. <laughs> I believe it. Awesome, awesome. So... Uh, now that we did the this sort of introduction, um, let's go ahead and get the news part of this out of the way because I didn't feel like it would be a good episode of Liberty After Dark if we didn't talk about some current events. But I do kind of want to shift away from politics because the last four episodes I've done really have just been nothing but politics. And that's not just what this show is about. So, um, But we'll start off mm. by talking about some politics. And we're going to be talking about uh, the... Iran tensions right now. So, Brian, have, have you been keeping up with this at all? Honestly, no, not at all. How about you? How about you, Kane? You've been following the story. Um, I've been keeping tabs on it, but I, I keep in retrospective the world political climate, not just one. And it's, yeah, it looks interesting, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just writing it off as a decoy. Think so? See, that's an interesting idea that I've heard a couple people express. Mm. I call it the Copperfield effect. Copperfield effect. Okay. 
You mind to elaborate on that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, look at the left hand while the right hand's doing something. Mm-hmm. Oh, David Copperfield. Uh, okay, I got you. Oh, you didn't. No, I didn't catch that at first, okay. honestly. I, uh, hey, yeah, I'm a little Were slow you here. you fields of copper? Yeah, kind of a little bit, you know, whatever. <laughs> like like a magnetic field <laughs> through a copper wire. Yeah. I think that makes sense, though. I don't see trade-up war with Iran happening. The only reason that, that, that we would, like, want to go into a war is because John Bolton's buddies in the military-industrial complex keep poking him, saying that there's no reason to keep building F-35s and someone's going to cut them if we don't start blowing things up again. So mm. that's the other possibility, too, because oh, I've never liked John Bolton uh, ever at all in all of his even when he was just like our our speaker for the un even then he was a total jag off but now he, now that he's he's basically one step down from the secretary of or uh secretary of defense uh he's he's got a lot of power and uh he likes to swing it around and he likes to tell people that we should be blowing everything up uh <laughs> what's he own armament companies does does he 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 yeah he, he's directly involved in a lot of the management of them and or at least he was formerly and so he's got deep roots in the military industrial complex so he stands to potentially uh, allegedly directly profit from a conflict where we purchase up a lot of military grade supplies tanks planes bombs stuff like that so yeah it's like a Dick Cheney scenario all over again so ah uh, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got actually that um, Nicolas Cage movie, Lord of War, linked a lot of stuff for me on how and why the the industrial military complex operates the way it does. That's a really good uh, movie, by the way. I don't know if anybody hasn't seen it. Lord of War is a really mm. it's a it's it's kind of I wouldn't say it's like a tell all movie. But for anybody who doesn't mm. under like doesn't know that that goes on, it's kind of almost like it almost serves as like an expose. So it's pretty yeah. good. Uh, good cage. It's kind of like the Big Short, you know, movies like that. Yeah, where it's like if you didn't know what went on behind the scenes, it's kind of revealing. But it's not like they're giving away mm. anything new. True, it's just in a it's consumable more... format. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Vice? Mm. I know uh, the same guy that directed. Big Short did Vice. No, I haven't seen that one. That one's about Dick Cheney's like run as vice president. Oh, weird. How he's like, <laughs> it, it's amazing because, uh, what's his face? Dude who plays Michael in The Office, Steve Carell. He plays uh, Rumsfeld, and it's crazy just how much he took over that administration, and, like the way they depict it. They're basically like sit down. They're like, any piece of intel that George Bush is going to get, we're going to have it before him. Like, we're going to be in every meeting. <clears throat> and then, like, it shows them sitting down with Halliburton CEOs and whatever other military contractors. And they have to have, like, a, a government, I don't know, witness to, like, sit in on it. So they get some, like, 20-year-old intern and, like, put headphones on them <laughs> and have them go sit in the corner of the room. They're just like, just just hang out, all right, John? He's just like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that all falls into the the Copperfield effect. Mm. Yeah, and so I didn't want to. You know, we don't have to spend too much time on it because again, it's a developing story. This is still pretty fresh. Uh, mm. Everything you know, every day it seems like there's new news about it. One day you hear 
Iran say there's going to be no war. The next day, they're mobilizing their defense force for drills, as they call it, which every time we do drills, it's to show that we can mobilize our military to, to fight if we needed to. It's an act. I mean, it is it is a display of force. So we took that as, oh, they're prepping their military for an attack, which I think is super, <laughs> super, super, super calling the kettle black there. But yeah. <laughs> you know, a bit of military flex. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my god, they got their three trucks and a prop job out to, you know, flex on us. It's like <laughs> scramble the F twenty twos, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know much about their capabilities, military? I ran. Yeah. Well, you know, considering the fact that they were in like a what was it like a twelve year long civil war that I mean the the mujahideen is just like not. It's just. They're not in a place to fight. It would be like asking Iraq to fight another major war after they've been in basically nonstop war for the last, what, 20 years now? If not more. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're, they're... yeah until the cesium cases stop popping. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, get that shit on the damn wind and yeah, it won't, <laughs> wars won't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly. You start, you start adding chemical weapons and things like that to the mix and then <laughs> mm. yeah i've done i've done a lot of research into the into the middle eastern political scene and yeah oh since the 40s it's been an absolute clusterfuck yeah there's a yeah. there's a definitely a, a string of events that you can you can draw throughout history that have directly led to what could have been one of the most developed portions of the world being caught up in war and oppression for the last century at the minimum you know i mean you can blame the ottomans at the end like okay they had some bad stuff who didn't in the 1890s you know but <laughs> you know they they threw all that over and got all their own places and then we said world war one and then we all came in and i mean there's a there's a running theory that if world war one never happened if Gavrilo Princip never shot that Archduke, 9-11 might have never happened. Because then we may not have come in and carved up the Ottoman Empire into its own horribly sized and and, and created uh, Middle Eastern countries that exist to this day. Mm. And you probably wouldn't have had the echoes of World War II after that. You would have had some conflict, obviously. But Nazi Germany never would have never come to power over the crippling uh, sanctions that we put onto them. Soviet Russia most likely would have never come into the proliferance that it did because it wouldn't have collapsed under its own weight during World War One and started the Bolshevik Revolution, and then they wouldn't have invaded <laughs> Afghanistan, and then it just turns into this spiraling monster of a ball. So it's just yeah, it's, and then they wouldn't have had all those countries to take over in the fall of Nazi Germany, not yeah, to take over, and, but but bring under the USSR blanket. And you know, thankfully, North Africa gets treated a little bit nicer now. But the Middle East has been bullied for literally a century. They're just a the little guy that everybody can pick on. And uh, it shows. It shows. For centuries, they were one of the most like scientifically, socially, uh, mathematically developed societies on planet Earth, the Middle East was. And, you know, pretty much since, again, the 1800s, they just have never been able to keep pace. And it's, uh, it's pretty sad. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to take one second. I'm just going to pass the message on. I just had a phone call. No, no, that's fine. You're all right. 
We're going to start moving on from the Iran talks. We're going to start talking about uh, personal philosophies now. Because that's really what I wanted to uh, have this episode be about, is talking about how you live your life as an individual and how that how you implement that in social interactions or interactions that you have today with the, you know, society and the state and how you basically what you use to cope today. So, uh, Brian, we'll let you go ahead and, and start this one. Put me on the spot. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> if you want, we could pass the cane or I can go first. If that would make you feel better, you can think about it. So. Yeah, sure. Sure. That, that, that'd be better. Yeah. Kane, do you want to go? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll have a crack. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a, a big, big investment into volunteerism. Love me V for voluntary. Because mm-hmm. out here, the small, very, very small community that we've got all depends on voluntary, voluntary involvement. Because we, we all volunteer for our fire service the emergency services, and for our social gatherings, everything's all voluntary. We gather everyone up. If there's an emergency, like if there's an accident on someone's mine, we all get together. No one's got any particular roles. We just jump in and do it. Yeah, and it's because we're so far out from any city or even a town, basically, We've all got to be very, very extremely self-sufficient. So, I, so what's that like? I mean, you know, for for those of us, especially like me and Brian, who are are used to living in like basically metropolis like areas for yeah. their entire your our entire lives. I've never been more than thirty minutes away from a big city ever. So, Holy smoke! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay, well, you know, besides traveling, but living, like, I was, you know, thirty minutes away from the fifth largest city in the U.S. Pretty much my whole life, uh, and you know, this guy's from from Boston, so you know, he's like right outside of that area, and so I mean, what? Or you know, uh, I I, I just kind of hope maybe you could give us a window into what it's like not having those those services and those safety nets and those structures that we typically call as like parts of society while still, you know, existing in your own way. What's, what, what is that like? Um, well, it's awesome, actually. We, we've got to do everything ourselves. Like we, we do have mains electricity if you want to hook into it. It's absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible power. So we generate our own power. We've got solar, batteries, generators. We we supply our own infrastructure. We do our own roads. That's why I absolutely love the tax argument of, oh, my roads, my roads. Yeah, wait until you got to build your own roads. So you guys actually do your own, like, your own roadway infrastructure there. That's That's awesome. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and we've still got to pay tax. We've still got to pay our house. Well, I think you guys might refer to it as land tax. Property we tax, call it, yeah. Yeah, property tax. We call it council rates. And, yeah, that's a – we pay, I think it's $800 a year just for the pleasure of living here. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the government saying pay us so that you can live, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's why we've crafted like the opal miner history has all been about independence, being self sufficient. No government, no police, we look after our own. You know, that's almost like that Wild West mentality that's kind of uh mostly dead mm. in the States, you know. It's it's got that that sort of uh you know, almost like an outlaw kind of uh of, of of allure to it you know living outside of the system and and just doing your own thing and making it your own way um, at least being a homesteader yeah, oh, kind of yeah we're, we're treated like outlaws big time <laughs> yeah so i've got to if i want to go and fly on a plane i've got to make sure i haven't handled any bullets or done any jelly ignite or anything for at least three days Oh, do they use the the compound detectors at all of your airports there? Does, yep. Like, yeah, they like can pick up if you have like any uh, like explosive residue or anything on you. So yeah, and because I've got the beard, guess who gets scanned? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just for the beard? Well, last time I I had to go to to the coast a little while ago because I had a big lymph node swollen in my neck. Mm. And I walked through, and out of the 150 people that walked through, I was the only one with a beard. Oh, I was wow. the only one that got scanned. There you go. Hmm. So uh, that's actually something I wanted to ask. Do you guys have anybody there who does, like, like any sort of, like, basic medical care or anything like that? Anybody who's trained in that? Um, I am to a certain extent. I can do basic basic surgeries. Okay, but not like licensed or anything. But you have the knowledge to do so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not much for licenses here. Yeah, I get. I imagine so. You know, I was just mm. making sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a we got a few old retired doctors, some old retired nurses. So if somebody breaks a leg, they're not exactly hung up to dry. Out, you know. No. Uh, depends on who it is. Okay. <laughs> See, I like that answer. Depends yeah. on how well liked they are in yeah. the community. Yeah, it's uh, generally we we put aside personal differences. If someone needs help, they get help. I think that's generally, you know, depending on how much of a jerk they are, that's usually probably the best call. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's because uh, we're we're very very staunch on the community. The mentality of you get out what you put in. Um, not so much that it's just, we're all out here together and no one, apart from the last few years, no one's ever gone for glory. That mentality is starting to creep in and we're a few of us, a few of us real opal miners. We're trying to break that out of them. Ah, uh, so the guy who's like trying to strike gold, basically, as the term goes, yeah. trying to get rich and, you know, mm. Yeah, yeah, the bloke that's doing it for the pat on the back. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've we never, us real miners have never been keen on it. We, we prefer to be out of the limelight. That makes sense. Just to read a comment real quick, Aaron says, uh, the Wild West mentality is still alive in my area. I live uh, an hour from Dodge City, and that mindset dies hard. Even 100 years after Wyatt Earp moved from, or moved to Arizona, um, I could, I could see, you know, certain areas of the U S you know, it's just in my mind, whenever I think of that, you know, 
I, I, I find it hard to come up with comparisons that are as maybe not drastic, but as, as truly encompassing of that as maybe like yours is, I guess you could say like, if you lived out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, that's pretty close. Or some of, you know, the more uh, sparsely populated States, like if you lived in, in wherever Montana, you know, that's probably another good example too. But just from what I've seen, you know, especially as there, there are areas where it exists, but I, I don't think it's uh, you know, quite as extreme as yours is in a lot of situations. Most people mm. also in the U.S. wouldn't put themselves in that kind of situation. But I think that also goes for you guys as well. Or is it more romanticized in Australia? Um, no, the, the domestication is very strong here. Okay. It's, it's one of the sad realities I've had to come to with Australia is that 99% of it is just bootlicker. <laughs> I'd say the same thing about the states too. So yeah, 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 yeah. And from what I can figure, it's it's the world because everyone's been made dependent. True. So actually, you brought up that that word domestication, uh, and I know you have a book that you recommend all the time, and uh, mm. I think this might be a good time to talk. I still haven't read it yet, so it's on my list. It's the next book that I'm going to be reading after I finish up the one that I have now. Um, but so it's called domestication of the, what is it? The human race or the species? Uh, it's domestication of the human species, human species. Okay. Uh, you mind talking a little bit about that and kind of how that's shaped your, your worldview? Yeah, it's, I had it read to me when I was a child and then I've read it a few times when I was younger. It's a, it's a basic guidebook as it's written in the style of E.T. come down to Earth and how he would domesticate the human species. Okay. And so I'm assuming and it's it's written in that manner is to draw parallels to, with modern society. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a basic outline of how we've gotten to where we are. So do you think that uh, stuff like that was integral in your kind of growth into where you are now? Um, it, it helped me understand a lot more because I was homeschooled by anarchists. Okay, yeah. That's always a good way to start out. Mm, yeah, and I wholly, wholly recommend anyone that can actually do it to do it because... The indoctrination camps are just exactly what they what they're called. It's as as China's starting with their re-education camps. It's almost got to be that style to break the domestication out of people. Mm. And so you touched on your childhood for a second there. Were you always raised in uh, the opal farming community, or was it you transitioned into it at some point? I transitioned into Opal probably, oh, I was about six years ago, full-time. And before that, I was a commercial fisherman. Okay. Mm. That's hard work. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> mm. Were you working yeah, the dock? When you, when you leave the dock and you come back eight months later, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. That's crazy. So I'm assuming you were working on deck, a big guy like yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was working the trawlers full-time 
I started working full time at 13. Oh, wow, really? Damn. Mm. Yeah, I was because I stopped growing at 13. <laughs> my muscles had developed by then, my bones had stopped growing. Yeah, and you're, so it was you're time a big guy, right? From from what I remember. Yeah, not not real tall. Like I'm only six uh, six foot one. Okay, but you're stocky guy. That's what it is. So you're tall and stocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm six foot tall, four foot wide. <laughs> That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've got the I've got massively wide hips. So I'm I'm well suited, well suited to heavy work. Yeah, so that's opal mining, you know, working on a on a fishing boat, you know, all that stuff just kind of makes sense. And you just come off as a as a working with your hands kind of guy. Definitely. Um, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't see yeah. it behind a desk, honestly. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love working with me hands because it it gives me time to crawl into me head. Exactly. Definitely. Just get in your zone and kind of just do your thing, right? Mm. It's almost like a yeah. zen yeah. space. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Because I can, I can wander around, do what I want inside my head, and at the end of the day, I can see what I've done. Yeah, that's one big thing with, with our jobs that I feel like I appreciate was, yeah, the visual, like, I did this and, like, I don't know. Yeah, you're not just pushing emails all day. It's exactly, like You can yeah. see where you started. And you can see where you ended at the day and that you've made progress. You know, it's not like, oh, well, I sent that quarterly report out to Jim. I hope he got it. And, yeah. You know, sip your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's true that 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 visual representation of what the work you've put in, like, I don't know, even if it's not your passion, it can leave you satisfied at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? that's it. That's it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're. If you're scribbling on on paper, doing artwork, doing office work, swinging a crowbar into rock, it doesn't matter. As long as you've got personal satisfaction, that's the number one key. True. So I wanted to ask you one more thing. I know we kind of transitioned away, but we're still, you know, in the same mm. realm. Um, have you ever tried to I inject into your your area some ideas like? Uh, Hey, have you guys ever heard about this thing called the non-aggression principle before or, or anything like that? You know, just tried to slip in ideas of libertarianism or is that stuff already kind of like implicit to the area that you're in? Um, uh, it's, it is implicit into the area. Like we're, we're, we're non-aggressive until a situation calls for it. We would rather put in place preventative measures so that it doesn't have to come to a discussion of NAP. Yeah, that's generally speaking, I'd, I'd consider that a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, and especially out here, like some of the boys that I visit up north, it's it is wild, wild west. You don't approach the camps unless you you light the fire and send send the signal first. Because mm. if you just roll up, you get answered with a twelve gauge. <laughs> Hey, it's better to be safe than sorry in some situations, you know. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the boys have gotten to know me. I've gotten to know them. We're all pretty relaxed. It's all about. It's we're big on the personal safety. 
is out here we've only got ourselves. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for mm. sure. Um, so is that like an issue that you guys, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, ev- everywhere has people that try to steal and take what isn't theirs. But I mean, is that, is that something that you guys have to worry about as people coming around ransacking opal miners? Um, they, they generally don't go near the mines, especially when they see a lot of holes everywhere. And some of the signs we've got up saying we put people down here. <laughs> it's yeah we we do catch tourists out on the mines but a lot of them are uneducated mm-hmm. we don't we don't just walk up and dong them on the head <laughs> you get a you you do get a warning first better probably yeah. better move not to to immediately crowbar someone in the dome you know <laughs> yeah you don't know who they are and it could be just a genuine mistake. Like we're we're trying to educate a lot of city people that come out that this is our livelihood, and they seem to think it's like a theme park for them. <laughs> Except for when the ride gets a bit scary, there's no getting off. It's true. I mean, again, that kind of goes back to the romanticization of the the Wild West. Even the people who mm. still hold it today wouldn't last five days out out on their own you know yeah yeah i've i've gone and lived with aboriginal tribes like it doesn't bother me the the whole world could collapse in a heap tomorrow wouldn't care yeah you're so unaffected by it probably the worst thing that would happen to you is you'd lose internet you know <laughs> yeah right yeah even then i treat it as a luxury item yeah it's almost seen as like a, a necessity in oh, yeah. you know our parts of the world i mean not having mm. internet just cripples your ability to function in modern society. It's fascinating how, how quickly it took over. <laughs> that was like when um, oh, I think Google and Facebook had a few issues about a month ago. And we were getting phone calls, <laughs> radio calls and that from people screaming that the world was ending. <laughs> There was, there was actually a few news reports I read. A mate of mine sent me the newspaper. People were actually ringing the police about it. Oh, that their really? Facebook wasn't working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't sign into Facebook. <laughs> oh, I can't Lord. sign into Twitter. <laughs> how, how, how status do you have to be for like, oh, my gosh, I can't sign into Facebook. I got to call the cops about this. I know, right? <laughs> oh, if, if I had a boot around, I'd show you how much they are. <laughs> You're but not I supposed do to deep wear. throat the boot, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. that, that's where it's been a, an eye opener. Because I've only since... Since I've had interaction with the gays and the the LM movement, mm-hmm. it's I've I've learned about the libertarian movement, and that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it definitely it connects us. It it, it puts us out in into you know the internet. I, like I said, I would have never come across LM today. I still might be a a, a bootlicking com or <laughs> I almost said communist. Good lord. <laughs> a, I mean pretty much, but a, a bootlicking constitutional conservative. Uh so you know I, I can almost say without that ease of access to information, you know, perhaps not. You know, there's always the what if scenario that I come across a book that convinced me. But, you know, it was definitely mm. a much more streamlined process by the access of information. But 
Uh, you know, I mean, I would like to say I could make it with, you know, if, if modern society collapsed tomorrow. But uh, I don't know. I've grown, I've grown quite accustomed to my amenities and luxuries. I'd be very sad. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, look, and it's it would be sad to see the Internet go off because I do a lot of research and a lot of reading online. Yeah. And it's it is a bit of a break from from looking at rocks and it gets me out of my partner's hair and <laughs> there you go yeah i feel like even for basic survival i don't i'm not that confident in myself that i've never even been hunting for instance oh, so it's like geez. no i know i've just never been presented the opportunity you i'd gotta, love to but... gotta come hunting some whitetail with me one day oh i'm so down we'll, we'll do some bush crafting and hunting it'll be fun <laughs> see see how That's you do we'll see how you do four days out in the woods with no tent yeah it's just the <laughs> bugs that bother me i don't like i don't like bugs on oh me, yeah texas bugs are a big deal yeah yeah i'll get over ah, it protein though. protein true yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, no it's you always got to take some time to reconnect with nature that's <laughs> that's why i don't do footwear because it allows me to be connected to the earth yeah, and I've I've seen wow. that. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about. Most people try to get rid of them, but you know, your your feet almost make like a natural shoe. I mean, you know, it, some people might mm. think it's gross, but I mean, you you've got some pretty impressive callus, especially like on your heels. You know, I mean, yeah, calluses on calluses, <laughs> but it works. You know, it keeps your feet protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the only thing I can't handle is mud. Oh, okay. Don't like that squishy shit between me toes. Yeah. <laughs> that texture, <laughs> yeah. Reminds yeah, me of like I walk over hot rocks, no problem. Step on thorns, don't care. Pull them out, keep walking. But mud, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of that that silt that they have like at the bottom of rivers. It's like oh, this. Yeah. The it's mucky, this really thin, webby slime, mm -hmm. and then just uh, yeah, yeah, no thanks. That's that's the mud we get here because we've only got probably maybe three to four inches of a fine dusty dirt, <laughs> and then you're straight onto bedrock. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's got to make mining difficult. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it it makes it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's why I'm glad I got these <laughs> yeah, big old shoulders. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. I feel like oh, I got to yeah, pin yeah. myself up so I don't look small on the camera. You know? <laughs> here, let me just uh, prop myself up here real quick. You know, <laughs> yeah, but speaking it's of right. that, I can't see you. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, it's oh. not, it's not doing the video both ways. It's uh, only letting me go through the okay. screen. I, I could have prevented yeah. that, but I, I forgot to do that. So that's my fault. Well, if you nah. could, if you could see Kane, you'd see that I'm much bigger than Christian. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. stocky though. Oh, he's that... like you. He's got those those big bones. He's stronger than I. Yeah, am, that's so. the way. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was raised on a dairy farm. We had we had the fresh fresh cow juice straight out of the cow. Yeah, you have like one of the manliest like lives I've ever heard. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like a beta male. <laughs> like listening to this. <laughs> so like, I. I I grew up playing video games and like s swimming uh, in, in my pool. Like yeah. I, I can that's, dive that's pretty well. Fault. No, true, true. <laughs> and maybe I can, I don't know, change it up for my kids. Hopefully, 
Well, so now that we've kind of transitioned into talking about yourself a little bit, Brian, why don't you go ahead and uh, – because I've talked about my personal philosophy. I mean, this is my show. Everybody's heard me. So why don't you talk about yourself? And, you know, if the, if the philosophy part is what's hanging you up, just what kind of guidelines do you use in your interactions with people, with society? Has that changed in the recent weeks or months, you know? Uh, I mean, the KISS principle, that that's pretty good. For the anyone, Yeah. They keep it simple, stupid. Oh, keep it simple, stupid. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Love the kiss motto. Definitely. It's don't don't make anything more complicated than it has to be. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think a big part that has happened recently because I don't know, and just being in the military, you don't know uh, maybe where you're going to be living next year or what you're going to be doing necessarily, and. Uh, I feel like planning out your future less is important and feeling like that's okay. Oh, I'm so bad about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely – it would give me anxiety, honestly, not knowing and not being able to foresee my future as much as possible, and that would bother me. Small um, goals help. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Just tackle what's in front of you. Yeah. How, how do you need an elephant one bite at a time? Just, just keep on moving. Uh, when I was growing up, I was the kid who like had the twenty-year plan of like, yeah, when I'm like thirty-eight, I'm gonna be in this house in this area with this job. After you know, and I'm gonna have this girl, and I had it all planned out. I was gonna have in the little picky tack box. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have this dog, and I'm gonna name him this name, and you know, I had I had it all figured out. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then when one of those things doesn't align, it. Yeah, freaks when, you out when the timetable shifts and your plan starts to fall apart. You know, yeah. Okay, well, I'll move everything. It's like how many times do you do you try to adjust the plan and mm. just accept the fact that you don't know what's going to happen and just you know you got to kind of play a little close to a little close to the hip sometimes. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Please, please continue. Uh, so yeah, balance. Obviously, not not standing on one foot, but balancing your life in general. Uh, whether it's work, family, uh, yourself, your own personal interests sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't fancy myself anyone who's got, I don't know, grandiose ideas on life and that yeah. other people should follow it too sort of thing. But you're not about to go publish a book. Yeah. You know, fuck the that. life of Brian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If anything, I'm like, why would people want to hear what I have to say? It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, keep it simple, balance, and don't give don't give too many fucks. That's uh, it. That right there, giving the zero of fuckage is what it's about. Damn right. Yeah. It, yeah. Aaron here said expectations lead to disappointment, and I think it, you know it's everybody's going to have expectations when they come into something. So I think, you know, uh, it can also be rewarding when you meet those expectations. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a natural part of goal setting, even small goals. You have some kind of expectation for yourself, even if it's just make my bed. If you don't make your bed, you failed to meet your own expectations. So, you know, mm. you're not wrong. Yeah, though. The, belief, the belief mechanism is, is a good part of us. And even that self-critic too, why an expect not meeting an expectation can be disappointing. It's a good growth tool as well. Um, 
exceptional growth tool. Failure is one of the best teachers. Agreed, True. 100%. Yeah. It's the only way I ever mm. got half decent at my job was learning how to mess up and then not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can you can read all you want, you can listen to every single person, but it's yeah, you've got to go out and make mistakes for yourself. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's. I, I guess I would add that to my personal philosophy. It seems like you guys do that. Failure isn't something to be feared. If anything, it's just something to be accepted that it's going to happen. Get back up mm. and fucking get on the horse and get it done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I've always lived by the motto, never let fear hold you back. Right. That's, always, that's, that's a good one. I like that. Um, mm. So I, a Chir It's Churchill, right? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. That's Winston Churchill right there. Mm. Very yeah, good quote. It's a, it's a very, very, very toxic substance. <laughs> yeah. It's crippling. I mean, you know, people... You know, sometimes use that hyperbolically, but it, it is true in a sense mm. that if you're afraid to even start, you know, you you'll not only will you never succeed, but you're in the same place you are if you fail. So you really have nothing That's to lose. It. Yeah, actually, you're in a better place if you fail. Yeah, <laughs> because then you've learned, you've gained knowledge, you've bettered yourself. And I I can understand when some people get a little torn up especially when you start talking about money involved, like starting a business, you know, you got to take out loans mm -hmm. or something like that to start a business. And that can be scary. You have a lot of your personal finances, you know, potentially your livelihood on the line. But, uh, you know, at least for me, I know that if I really wanted to do something like that and I didn't, I, I would, as, as Aaron says here, I'd be the architect of my own misery at that point, because if I didn't go for it, I know every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, man, I know I need to do this, but I'm too scared to. And who wants to live that way, honestly? You know? True. That's how legislators live. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I like that. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a, probably about the only sort of half thinker I follow is Darwin. Okay. Yeah, let nature take its course. The stupid will wean themselves out. Darwin doing Darwin's work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't follow any prescribed theory. I just make up my own mind. See, so that's like that's something that you see a lot from. I mean, and you know, there's really two schools of thought about it. And I'm not saying either one is. I mean, I my own personal philosophy is built mostly off of reading what other people have had to say, and then kind of taking it as my own and and sort of molding it. Uh, so, you know, mm. I, I'm not one of the people who runs around and says like, oh, I'm a strident, you know, stoic and I've read all the stoic philosophy <laughs> and I live it as if it was like the word of God, you know, yeah. and there are people who are like that. And I, you know, personally, I, I think there's some some element of, of individual rationality that's missing there into, into creating a, a lifestyle that is that works for you. And, you know, perhaps uh, some yep. of those people did. Uh, but you know, as much as I rail on them, I think the pragmatists, the, the like true by the book pragmatists, as much as I can't stand them are probably the best at this because they have adopted a philosophy that is the most potentially compatible with where they already were. So I, I'll give them that, mm. but you know, that's kind of, it's like when someone says like, Oh, I've read everything by Nietzsche and that's it. And now I'm a, a, a nihilist. 
And I'm like, okay, well, what's your like personal you know, views on nihilism? And he's like, well, if you read, you know, Nietzsche's Antichrist, and I'm like, well, hold on, no, no, no. I asked you what you think about this, you know? Yeah, the the dance of terms of reference. Exactly. You almost run into an appeal of authority issue there as well. You know, just because a smart person said it doesn't necessarily make it true. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just because <laughs> nine out of ten dentists recommend Colgate does not mean that it's the best toothpaste on planet Earth, you know? <laughs> That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if there is truth to the statement, it doesn't mean you need to implement it into your own life, you know? True, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to go with the flow and go with what you're happy with. True, follow your heart. Yeah, and never, never not question. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a yeah. big one. Yeah. It's a huge one for me. Some some people don't like that, though, because they, they get this impression that asking questions just makes you sound stubborn, you know, because you won't, like, just, just take it, I guess, is the only way I can think of nah. wording that. Yeah. But, but that is, that is, we, a, learn? That, that is a perception, <laughs> though, that people have, you know, especially if you're because really... they've been told to have that perception. Exactly. Mm. Asking questions is bad. You can't ask questions about mm. this, you know? Yeah. And uh, yep. there's a there's a saying in our in our career that it's uh, trust but verify. If somebody tells you they did something properly and yada yada, it's, sure I trust you, but I'm gonna go check it out for myself. Like I'm gonna make sure, you know. And the second you don't is when you get screwed. Damn right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that one percent yeah. of the time that you didn't. Yep. Yeah. Something punches it's a hole in intake. It's a little. Yeah, I still have faith and still trust, but yeah, it's it's knowing how to trust and when to trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's at stake too? I think as well. You know, hmm. when it's like your you know it... livelihood on the line, I'm definitely you know I may trust you a lot, but I'm I'm gonna check. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any doubts? You got a question, research, expand the brain cells. So, so Les here brings up kind of what I was saying just to show that, you know, I'm pretty sure we've all seen this at least once, but she says, I've been accused of being disrespectful for questioning. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it, again, you know, that just shows you that they're like, it's almost goes back to what we were talking about earlier, this domestication of the human species, this idea yep. that. You know, questioning is, is seen as, as disrespectful. And I don't care if the person is like the highest authority on planet Earth. You know, you asking a question shouldn't be seen as, as this, you know, disrespectful or evil or anything. Now, there are ways to do it that could be, you know, come off as disrespectful. If you're asking a question legitimately to learn, there's a difference between asking a question and try to like lure someone in a trap. And I know we as politically active people have all seen that kind of question. So... Oh, loaded questions just make me want to shake them like a British nanny. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. Real, real quick, and we can come right back to this. Ben asks, uh, oh, by the way, hi, Ben White. Uh, does Kane own shirts? <laughs> I do, but it's it's a bit humid at the moment. No, I mean, hey, I'm not complaining. You could do whatever you want, man. It's your life. Right. Hey, I'm not showing nipples, so. You know, even then, whatever, <laughs> hey. you know. Brian here might you free, know. free the nipple. Yeah. Hashtag free the nipple. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Which Ben White though? The Ben White. The. There's so the many Ben Whites. Yeah, the guillotine Ben White. 
Is that his photo? Yeah, the super the super and cap been white. That's awesome. I'll have to go to Dallas one day and go to one of their meetups. They do some really cool stuff out there. So really cool visibility things for the ANCAP movement. Like they were doing some uh, – they did some stuff about jury nullification once outside of a courthouse. And I think one was outside of City Hall. Um, and that's all That's all cool stuff. I, I think demonstrations like that are, are important just for visibility's sake. I mean they got all the news and everything. So cool stuff. Jury nullification, you said? Yeah. What is that exactly? So it's basically when – so jury nullification is first off it's the greatest way to uh get out of jury duty is by saying that you like jury nullification but uh or just mention it but it's essentially when uh say like you were pulled into jury duty for someone who was taken in on like marijuana possession or something like that some law that you didn't agree with and you basically said no matter how guilty they actually were you you just decided to uh just not say they're not guilty you know you're essentially nullifying the law you're using your Mm. your power as a juror to to prove them or to deem them non-guilty whether or not the law says they are okay so which obviously within the the i don't know confines of the system they want you to be deciding based off their yeah, already... They, no, jury nullification is a bad thing to them. To them, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the law is sacred and it yeah. must be upheld. Without so. our laws, we'll fall into chaos. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I really like this one. Juryhero.com is a, is a really good site if anybody wants to check up on jury nullification. We've talked about it before a couple episodes ago, but that's I didn't bring up that site, so that's a good one. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so... Has your interaction, and I'm not, you know, trying to like. You it's know, a loaded question. No, it's yeah. not a loaded question. No, <laughs> Has your, so you were pretty much like, I wouldn't say ignorant, but you were, you were not exposed to libertarian ideas really before. I, I mean, ignorant. It's I mean, not, yeah, it's, a mean, ne- it's a negative term, but in that use, no, I. I, I agree. I think I was ignorant to those facts. So has, has any of the stuff that you've you've learned or been exposed to, whether it's through like LMCG or through even just the memes or discussion with people, has it, has that done anything to kind of shift your perception on like social interactions and maybe even interactions uh, just in general? I wouldn't say social interactions, but definitely my perception of uh, our reality in the United States, especially with how fucked – our democratic and conservative or written Republican parties are that it's like, I don't know. It's this beautiful, like flower that's growing out. And of course it's like in the, it's more of a mushroom actually. It's like, it's like in a dark cave that nobody knows about. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I I was lucky enough to, to, I don't know, be brought into the cave. Uh, I don't know. That sounds negative, but I didn't mean it like that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like it's opened up my eyes. Uh, as far as social interactions, no. I think, um, I think you kind of, I mean, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but as I believe most people on planet Earth do, they already uphold the principles of, of do no harm, you know, help those who need it, just be a decent human being, which is pretty much what libertarianism and volunteerism ask of you. Um, also, hi, Sean Hatchie. I know you said it before, but I just didn't, I'll go ahead and just say it out. Hello, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I mean, I dabbled a little bit with, like, being interested in philosophy. Like, me and my buddies would always uh, watch Christopher Hitchens' compilations where, like, he'd be arguing with, uh, whether it was pastors or whatever, basically arguing that you don't need religion for morality and ethics. And I, mean, I thought that was, that, that was definitely eye-opening, those different 
Uh, those different tidbits, but uh, yeah, I think my social interactions they've they didn't develop and change. It was more just yeah, my political perception or my perception of the political realm. I got you. Yeah, I mean, just to you know, since we're doing a roundtable discussion here, I again, I'm pretty sure everybody's pretty much heard how I feel since you know I've talked about it plenty of times, but it's uh you know it's definitely something that um. I think about probably more than I have to, but it's important to me. Um, and I try to live and cap in all facets of my life. So, um, you know, I, I used to be, especially when I was like a, a more conservative, like traditional conservative, constitutional conservative, I, you know, I gave more fucks is a good way to put it about things that I didn't have to like other people and what they were doing with their lives. And, uh, I just kind of realized through my growth in political philosophy that, you know, I don't have to care about those things because not only am, is it not my life, but it doesn't even affect me in the slightest. So that's usually how I, I frame myself. And, you know, I could go over all sorts of different of different readings that I've done, you know, and it was, it was Spooner that took me away from minarchist libertarianism. And before that, it was people like uh, like Tom Woods and, and some of Stefan Molyneux's better work. And uh, you, you have all Ron Paul, even some of Rand Paul's talks have, were, were good about getting me into libertarianism. And, you know, I think I did kind of the opposite of how most people do is where they, they find a, a political philosophy that fits their lifestyle. I kind of realized that I wanted my lifestyle to fit my political philosophy because that was how that was how I believed, you know, was the best way to interact with people. Uh, it just so happens that they overlap. You know, it's not necessarily that. And, and that's, a, I think, something about libertarianism, small L libertarianism, that's kind of looked over is that it's, it's not just a political philosophy. It is a, a, an, a methodology of interacting with people in all facets of life, whether it's business, whether it's going to a party, whether it's walking down the street. There are tenets of libertarianism that you can implement throughout your entire life. And that's not something you can really say for, like, the tenets of democratic socialism. Is it like, what, do I, like, go around confiscating people's money for some project I want to build? Like, you know... <laughs> That's socialism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same in Australia. Like we've since they federated the states in 1901 and formed Australia, with they've promoted oh we're a democracy, we're a democracy, which to me is nothing but mob violence. Yeah, and it's the 51 ruling been, over the 49. That's that's exactly it, exactly it, and that's that's where I've had a big eye opener with the way I was raised and how other people were raised and how they see themselves and society in general, and that's that's where I've done my best to avoid labels, and that's because I, I see a lot, especially in the libertarian movement, everyone wants their own little pigeonhole. Yeah, and that's that's where I promote my. I don't know if there's even a label for it, but give zero fucks, do no harm. That's that's probably my my philosophy. Yeah, okay. and that's where I. That's where a lot of the political advocates lose me. Religious advocates move me, uh, lose me. We had a had a big situation years ago 
And if you just Google it, it's called the Eureka Stockade. And that's when people actually stood by each other, for each other, in rejection of the government, religion, everything that was trying to be forced upon everyone. They stood there with their rifles and went, well, we'll sort it out now. <laughs> and it, was, it was supposed to be a defining moment in Australia's history. It was, it was going to blow up basically how 1776 for you guys did, where you, where you shot the British out. Yeah. Bloody good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over a minuscule yeah, yeah. T-tax, and yeah. now we're trying to tax 70% of rich people's income. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's another big thing that we promote out here is we're very anti-money. Just money in general, or? Uh, m all facets of money. All guys, facets. See, this is interesting. You guys more use a system of trade, or trading and services. Trades of goods and services, I should say. Um, trade, trade is big time. Big time. So it's like a barter and system. We don't, yeah. Yeah, okay. trade and barter is huge. And... People go, oh, but the help I give you is worth. No, it's not worth. It's worth it to the person on what they receive. Everyone tries to equate it to a dollar figure, and that's what we're trying to break out of people. There's there's no dollar figures out here, and that's where why we promote the voluntarist methods big time. Because I'll go down... I'll help someone lift up drums of oil, fix their motor. In turn, they might cook me a roast. And if you look at it like the dollar figure, I've just given them $1,500 worth of work and they've given me $50 worth of cooked food. Yeah. To me, that's a fair trade. And because I don't see the dollar value. There's there's more to it than just like taking it to a mechanic. You know, you're also building those community bonds as well. You know, yeah, building trust yeah, and relationships. So, yeah, yeah, and to me, you cannot buy that. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does because we've had blokes come out here, and <laughs> it was one of the biggest things that made the community see volunteerism in action. Is that I had a mega millionaire try and use his money over me. The only thing he got was the bird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I give absolutely zero fucks how much people think of themselves when they get money. The, the pursuit for materialistic items is, uh, it generates probably 95% of our problems. I could say that, or I, I could see it. I, I understand mm. where you're coming from. Yeah, if if we were flung back into the Mesolithic era, I would be absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> okay, so you're one of those. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Minimalist, kind of like a state of nature sort of uh, yeah. person. Yeah, a minimalist is is what I love being. Mm -hmm. If there's any tag I'll claim, it's a, a voluntary minimalist. Yeah. And so uh, just a real quick catch up on the chat. Hi, Sean P. Thanks for coming out. Um, 
Ben White says, I'm unapologetically anarchist. You can label me that. I don't give a fuck. And, you know, I think there's an inherent amount of tribalism just in being a human being in the way that your brain is wired that, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with like taking a label onto yourself just for the sake of like easy categorization. Cause that's kind of what I do is I say like, okay, I was this yeah. thing and now I'm this thing so that I don't have to explain like all the little details of it. It's, it's all wrapped up in the word. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. terms of reference, but it, it's different though, whenever you're labeling someone else, you know, and they're, it's, it's one thing to introduce yourself of like, I'm a member of this tribe or this group, however you want to word it. And as far as like a human psychology sort of way versus like being like, you're a racist or you're a, you know, you're this or that or whatever. It, it is a different thing. It's a, it's a, it's using it as like a weapon and trying to clump people together when it usually is not the case. And I feel like even when it's not intended to be used negatively or as a weapon just speaking in generalizations is typically just not a good way to go about things yeah unless they put it onto themselves i think at that point you're just kind of asking for it sure, you know yeah like if, yeah yeah like if i describe myself as a libertarianism i'm kind of accepting the fact that to an extent i'm going to be lumped in as a generalization and i'm taking that shortcoming as for as a means mm. of like you know uh ease of communication so yeah and i noticed in the yeah. In the libertarian community, same with other political communities, that it's like, I don't know, maybe even more, honestly, that it's like... You're not a real libertarian. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. holy <laughs> shit, dude. It's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a fucking bootlicker. You're not a real one. Yeah, and it's like, don't, don't get me wrong, the jokes are all, are all fun and entertaining, but it's like, mm. are you are you trying to win them over or make them feel like, oh libertarians are just assholes like i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. you know and, and that's what does turn a lot of people away yeah because i've definitely noticed and I, I i won't put energy into negative things online i just don't see any point in it but like i'll see it and i'll be like yeah if i was if i was new to this community and i didn't meet great people like you kane and no christian and uh mary and david and dadman and all these great people it would be like, wow, these are a bunch of negative Nancys on here. Like, <laughs> like, do I want to even associate myself with it? But at the same time, I don't want to condemn them. They're probably working through their own things. But uh. yeah, yeah, it's the same. Like when I first first got into the fishing community and the mining community, as looking at from the outside, especially the mining community. Everyone, everyone's got the perception that we're we're all like Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek, which is, yeah, you seen the movie? I have not. Honestly, I haven't either. To be completely honest with you, yeah, yeah. Um, we all call the main character out of it. We call him Uncle Mick. He's a, uh, yeah. It's it's based on an opal miner. Okay. Mm. And, and it's yeah. Except for how the how the media portrayed him was a little bit off from reality. Was he like some kind of crazy isolationist or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I could see how someone from the outside who doesn't hold the same, you know, a view of, of trying to, to be not necessarily separated from society for the sake of it, but because to live that simpler lifestyle could see that as, oh, well, he's just like a crazy isolationist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's I've 
I've had a few people, even even one of my doctors, call me an isolationist. Wow! Because it's it is a it is a personal choice. Because most communities, unfortunately, are no more than a zoo. See, they're, but, they're con- well, oh no, yeah. sorry, you can keep going. I was just going to say, see, when when someone says isolationist, like I, I don't, I think of the guy who like locks himself away from everybody, just stays away from everyone. You know, I, you're someone who's engaged in the community. You may have separated yourself from what we might consider like society, but I wouldn't say mm. you're, you're an isolationist because yeah, you, you still have your community. You picture the mountain man who just has his dog maybe and yeah, never the, sees another human being mm, for months and months. At the a hermit time. who just like gives yeah. up and just moves out as far away from people to get away from all of them, you know? Yeah, that was me a few years ago. Oh, okay. Put down technology, just went out and lived in the bush. And now, do you see that as almost like a resetting of your internal, whatever you want to call it, just to, just to hit hit the reset button on yourself? Is that is that why you would do that? Um, uh, mainly to get back to me roots. Okay. And to, and because I've I've got a general disdain for a lot of people. Hmm. Same it's here. it's yeah it's. When I, because I'm I'm big on scent. Scent. I don't. Yeah, the mm-hmm. actual the actual scent. Okay. Of people. That that tells me who the person is. Really. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Wear all the cologne you want. Spray all the chemicals over yourself. All you want. You've still got your own scent. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. That. Mm. That just added a whole other layer of mystique to to you as a person. Like... <laughs> no homo, though. No homo. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it was just, but you're like, like, yeah, I know this Australian guy. He he farms opal, and he can tell who if you're a good or bad person just by, based on the way you smell. Like, yeah, it's yeah, good. Like that's yeah, fucking. I think it's creepy when I grab him and give their hair a bit of a sniff, but yeah. <laughs> Brian's over here. Oh, it really adds to your mystique. I like that. You know, oh, all right. All right. you had to turn it gay. All right, it's not. It's not LMP and dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. right. No, it's just LGBTQ dark. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Quirt when you need him? Oh. Quirt. I love Quirt. Love Quirt. He's our he's our resident libertarian gay man. Oh, nice. So yeah, he's our he's our hey, token good gay. On you. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. We needed at least one for diversity's sake, so we got him. True. You know? <laughs> there he is. There's yeah. Quirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you get to someone like me that I've just just learned the terms of reference for it is a aromantic asexual. Aromantic asexual. Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah. Just you you just don't hold like a, a sexual attraction to human beings, right? Anything. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't interest me. Got no it's as far as I'm concerned, it's only a process of procreation. It'll save you a lot of trouble. Let me put you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, the amount of lives I've seen destroyed by the false pretense of the promise of happiness. Like you have to be married, you have to have kids. Yeah, no. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I've accepted the fact that I'm I'm never going to have a a a government recognized marriage in my life. So uh, the odds of me ever finding a life partner now are pretty much zero. So. You tell somebody that. Do you really need the government approval for you to be happy, though? See, but people feel that way, like, strongly. Yeah. People mm -hmm. actually, like, if you don't get that piece of paper from the courthouse saying you're married, like, it doesn't count, you know? I mean, yeah. You could have a religious ceremony and everything, but there, there are so many people who are like, it doesn't matter until you sign that, that bill from the courthouse. And to me, you know, it, it doesn't, what changes before and after that? Oh, yeah. You get the government contract, and then a husband or a wife goes and fucks somebody else and throws a hand grenade into their relationship. It's like, <laughs> oh, that yeah, that was way more legit than Bob and mm. Lisa, who have been together for 40 years and just didn't sign on a fucking mm. dotted line. Yeah, and we're not a monogamous species. True. You have to, yeah, it's something you have to fight against constantly. It's true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like there's, like I say it, no, we've had a few people here, like the, a mate of mine that just passed away. We tried to revive him on the field, but had no luck. Ouch. And he's, Sorry. Yeah, uh, it's it's part of life. Yeah, true. It's, it's a good outlook yeah, to have. Death, death isn't <laughs> yeah. the end. But anyway, but him and his wife had loved one another since they were at high school. And they were not married. And they had the most absolute beautiful relationship. And that that's what I hope for everyone. Yeah, sure. Share your time with someone. But yeah, it's it's not all about what you have. Yeah, exactly. And you know again, I you know, I said we wouldn't get we've gotten a little political today, but not to get super political, but it's just another example of the state trying to collect a fee really is what it is like you earn privileges and rights that you should have access to anyways like being able to open up like joint checking accounts and stuff like that and having yeah. tax breaks and stuff like that like these are things that you should already have access to like if if you and i wanted to start a joint checking account for whatever reason we should be able to do that who's to tell us not to you know sure. but mm. yeah here you can do that not a problem no one the banks or that they don't they don't give a fuck whose name's on it yeah as, as long as they get their cut. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, like, when I research back through Mesopotamia, Babylonia, and the ancient civilizations, even right back through to the original Caucasian tribes, that was the one thing that fucked everything up was authority coming in. Authority meant a chain around the neck. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, and now it's gone from a chain around the neck to a wedding band, taxes, <laughs> voting. Do as do as I say, or we'll put you in a cage. Yeah, y'all. I know we talk about it like every you you talk about it every time you come on, but y'all's com compulsory voting is just. Oh, if you can't protest the vote, voting. what can you protest? You know. Yeah. And see, what? not only have we got compulsory voting, which is one of 13 countries that have got it, but we've got this added layer of bullshit called preferential voting. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about this. Go ahead and explain it for those of people who don't know. Um, preferential voting is legitimized vote sharing. 
if you vote for your, say, your your candidate, say, I'll use an example. It's probably the worst ones, but if you voted for Ron Paul and Ron Paul's done a deal with AOC to vote share, if he doesn't get in, she gets his votes. If she doesn't get in, he gets her votes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big what the third. Yeah. <laughs> That's just such a crazy idea to me. Yeah, you can't that's... you can't vote for anyone in good faith that isn't going to win in a system like that because they're just going exactly. To, they just get to pass their votes onto somebody and, and potentially to someone you don't want. Exactly, exactly. And to me, it's legitimized the vote rigging. You know, in 2016, we heard all the time, like, a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Hillary because you're taking votes away from Trump or a vote for Trump if, if you would have voted Democrat, which isn't very common. But, you know, either way, it's mm. a, you're basically voting for the other person because you're not giving the other candidate votes. In your system, you're literally voting for that person because I knew Gary Johnson wasn't going to win when I voted. I voted Libertarian to make a point to try to inflate Libertarian numbers, but... Um, mm. That was the candidate I was the most comfortable with to be president out of all of them. Uh, I would have rather had none of them, mm. obviously, but out of the system we had. But I would have never voted for him if, say, he did like a, a vote sharing thing with Donald Trump. And do they disclose this beforehand? Um, they do about oh, – it's up to a month before but they'll it's... say that who they've done their vote deals with but they don't allow all their policies to be read. It's, mm. it's exceptionally hard to get a hold of them, all their policies to, to read through. So they're, they're big on hiding the information here. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a leftover from the original British system when they first tried to colonise here. It's, yeah, it's so that we have to have politicians. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. My my ultimate dream would be for the whole entire planet to just wake up one day and go, what the fuck? No, no, no more. No more. <laughs> Everybody's got to do mushrooms. That's what it is. Yeah, is that, is that what you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had an opal buyer bring out some of them, and yeah, I, I tried them. I, I don't know if it's just because of my sheer body size, but I felt nothing off them. Really? I hear it affects mm. some people differently than than others. Hmm. Psilocybin, if that's what it was. Um, I'm not an expert on this stuff, obviously, but just from what I've read, is that there uh, you could there there's like it's you know how some people react to morphine in like the opposite way that they're supposed to it like energizes them and they get like the jitters and stuff oh, like really? that yeah it's a thing yeah. my my parents that have stuff it. like coffee to me <laughs> yeah like so oh, wow. thankfully for me if you give me morphine i turn into like a, a puddle of water and you know <laughs> I'm, i just don't feel anything but a bag of mashed potatoes my mom if you if she gets morphine it it gives her like these shakes and jitters and it, like her her adrenaline it pumps her heart starts pumping adrenaline into her body her insulin level goes way up her body's like basically goes into like a hyperactive super boosted mode and but she's completely non lucid so 
but you know, I mean, the, certain people's brains just react differently to chemicals, and maybe you just didn't have enough. Maybe yeah. that was a possibility too. True. Um, Speaking but, of, yeah, like uh, I'll have a, I'll have a big mug of coffee and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know plenty of people who can do that. I can't. I'll like if uh, I take my pre-workout for the gym. If I take that within four to five hours of wanting to go to bed, it's not happening. There's no way. <laughs> Uh, you can sleep when you're dead anyway. Yeah, that's that's the way I see it. Yeah, like like uh, mm. Rick Sanchez, C-137, said, like, what, do you sleep every night? That's like half of all time. Yeah. Some uh, Rick and Morty references. Yeah, and that's, that's where it comes back to the domestication, where they say you have to have eight hours sleep. True. Eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours uh, rest and recreation. I feel like I function pretty well on on six hours of sleep. Maybe yeah. eight hours would like medically be better for me, probably. But I think I've just grown accustomed to getting like six hours of sleep that I, I don't feel tired throughout the day. You know, I wake up. Obviously, mm. I'm not a morning person. So I wake up and I'm groggy for like an hour and then I'm fine for the rest of the day until it's bedtime. And then I know because I'm tired. So <laughs> mm. I feel like my clock works almost like a, like a Spaniard, which... Supposedly, my I don't I haven't done an ancestry. You say suppo- a Spaniard? Yeah, because like having a siesta. Because I feel like I wake up energized, I get exhausted in the middle of the day. Like I don't know, middle of our day is like five thirty ish because mm-hmm. because we work at night. We work from four to midnight, and so yeah, I feel exhausted then. And then I get home at night and I'm wide awake. So. I don't know. Catch that's, that's... Where I'm, that's where I'm glad I've worked two industries that followed no routine. True. Sleep when you can, eat when you can, and just, yeah, work. Yeah, it seems it seems to be effective for you, that's for sure. Um, mm. yeah, we had a lot, of good, a lot of good stuff to talk about here today. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm glad. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I, I like... I enjoy our career field of working on aircraft, but it's just all the other bullshit that comes along with it that's negative. Like I, like I'm almost jealous of you that you can just kind of do your thing and there's no fucking rank of opal farmers where it's like you you got to salute oh. this opal farmer because of an arbitrary fucking symbol on his head or collar. Oh, they they like to think there's a pecking order. Oh yeah. But that's just that's just interpersonal politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not enforced by you. You follow this, or threats of violence come afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, some do try. Oh Lord, that sounds like an interesting interaction. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some interesting barbecues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how how big and savage you think you are. There's always one person out there that's better. Yeah, that's true. I remember my 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 dad telling me that no matter how good you are at something, there's one person out there at least who's better than you. Yeah, that's there's one quote that's just come to mind, and it's probably about one of the only uh, mainstream philosopher, inventor, or whatever he was, but Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Both. Poor is the pupil that does not surpass his master. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Mm. I've never heard him say that, but I've never heard that quote, but that's a good one. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, a lot of people have It's written say. down in one of your convention <laughs> books. It was they had the Da Vinci inventions and some of his displays when I was a little kid at one of the museums, and my grandparents took me. And because I was learning Italian at the time, I picked up on it. No, it was poor. Poor is the person that does not surpass his master. That's what it was. Yeah. Poor is the pupil. Pupil. Okay. Poor is the pupil. Okay. Or student. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Always strive to be better than the best. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how you get the best. If you're in the pursuit of the best, you've got to be better than whatever's put in front of you. I think of, you know, some of the prodigies in, 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 in human history. Like I'm a big fan of, of artists like Michelangelo. I think, I think marble sculpture is the most gorgeous art that humanity has ever created. That's my oh. personal opinion. But I look at oh, some, yeah, cool. like the Pieta, you know, I mean, he was, I think he was 18 when he made the Pieta. He made his first mm. marble sculpture when he was 12. Holy you know, shit. he took two yeah. years of training from some decently, not, not well known, obviously today, but decently known marble, uh, sculptors and then he said okay well i'm gonna go off and be significantly better than all of you uh and he like rebuilt his yeah. he he built his first marble sculpture and immediately destroyed it because it wasn't good enough and then kids kept rebuilding it until it was perfect and then he went down as saying that it was his least favorite and he should have destroyed it yeah. <laughs> the, wow. he said the same thing about the pieta too the Virgin Mary mm. holding Jesus in his arms. Yeah. In my opinion, one of the most gorgeous pieces of artwork on planet Earth. He he is on record as saying that he should he, he should have just destroyed it because it wasn't up to his standard. Yeah. It shouldn't have got, you know, he shouldn't have sold it off. He should have remade it. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like Uh after playing with Rocks and Opal, I've got a greater understanding of the effort that they put into those sculptures. And the un the unforgiving oh. uh what, what what would you call it the uh the term for whether it's like canvas or marble or the uh the blank you're working with mm -hmm. the medium the, the medium the medium, medium. Yes. okay <laughs> such an unforgiving medium such as stone or marble where it's mm. like you can't you can't glue a fucking chunk back on you know like <laughs> there's there's no eraser oh. for marble yeah. Yeah, and it's even that's even more closer when you're when you're cutting opal on a grinding wheel, because sometimes the opal is only as thin as a talio paper. Really? Wow. Mm. And you can grind right through that real quick. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm. Takes it. Yeah, I've, I've ground away quite a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just that learning thing, though. You got to mess it up before you hmm. can, you know. That's it. That's exactly it. And that's when I, when I was learning how to do it, you get you get all your stuff ups out of the way first, and then you work on your good material, and then it comes up mm, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, I can see it, it taking. You know, even after you get it out of the ground, forget the process of getting it out of the ground. Just getting it from a point where it's a rock in your hand to where it's a sellable piece of material. I mean, that's gotta be hours and hours and hours of work on its own, you know? Oh, oh, it's the, the biggest thing is finding it. And once you're found, found it, digging it out's the easy part. 
then you've got to process it and that's that's when the real fun begins is because luck uh, opal is another luxury item it doesn't serve an industrial purpose mm -hmm. and you have to convince someone that they want your opal and i'm assuming it's mostly like jewelers and people like that um the i don't deal with the jewelry market mine is collector's items okay I, I focus more on the collector's market it's it's more profitable but it's a lot more work but they appreciate it a lot more yeah i could see that yeah jewelers just want to put a price on it and sell it on mm -hmm. and so and opal... some sorry yeah, some jewelers do really, really good work and are very, very passionate about Opal. But again, their skills and passion is negated by money. You were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, is Opal classified as... I, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant on uh, what goes into it. Or not what goes into it, but uh, what it is exactly. Is it a stone? Is it a crystal? A gem? Like, what, what would um, you call it? It's a gemstone. Okay, gemstone. And don't, don't worry, you're never ignorant, only uneducated, waiting to be questioned. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, ignorance is if you know and you don't ask. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, I always preach just ask questions, ask questions. Because Opal, technically, by the geolog geological reference, is hydrated silica hydrated silica huh yeah i didn't know that it was even related that's interesting which some crystals yeah, yeah. are Sil silicon right yeah 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 you get silica's everywhere on earth it's the it's the two main ingredients that make up our body carbon and silica basis for our life form <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just shows you how, how you know minor changes in the structure of, of how it forms and the conditions that it was under can create something completely different. You could almost yeah. say the same thing about a human being as if it were a blank slate of carbon and silica. And depending on what heat and pressure it undergoes, it changes into yep. its own shape. Yeah. True. Yeah. All the environmental factors. Mm-hmm. Cause humans are, are a lot like opal. Every opal occurrence, we just, we call them opal fields. Each one has its own unique color patterns, its own unique formations. It's, yeah, it's, I could ramble on about opal for hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, not to dip too far into the realm of geology. I just find it fascinating. You know, I mean, I, I took a geology class when I was in college and I loved it. I, you know, I was the kid who was like, oh, I hate all these basics. I just want to do the stuff for my degree. But I loved my geology class. That was so much fun. Um, mm. I think it's because, again, we did a lot of hands-on work. Like, we'd go out to, like, local area mines and stuff like that where they would mine up, like, gemstones. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'd go out there and we'd be like, hey, let's look what we found. Oh, we found some fool's gold mm. here. Like, let's look at it and talk about it and what conditions created this. And, like, uh, we had a guy. Yeah. So East Texas is a is a natural – it's a sparse, but it's one of the best places to find this rock called serpentine out there. And it's in just certain levels of the ground in certain parts of Texas. There was just the right amount of pressure and layers over time to get this this really beautiful green and 
with these black lines through it called serpentine. And I remember this kid just like pulls a big rock of it up out of the ground, just this big old ball of serpentine. And uh, mm. it ended up being like a $5,000 rock that he sold to the mine. You know, it's just like wow. just pulled it out of the ground. <laughs> and it's a gorgeous color. Like they split it and everything. And it was just, just it, you got to mm. look at it. It's gorgeous. But um, it's called serpentine, you said? Yeah. It looks like it has snakes. It's a green stone and it has these black lines and there's snakes going through it. And I just, it was amazing. Oh, serpentine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we call it serpentine here. Yeah. <laughs> serpentine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm slowly learning American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Aluminum, not aluminium, but yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. What do you call, what do you call the, the back, the, the back of your car where you store things? We call it a boot. Yeah, okay, the, the boot. boot. Yeah. yeah, that's Australian for you. And then, and then, obviously, the cover for the engine is the bonnet, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's like a hat. Yeah. A bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> I, wa I watch Top Gear, so that's that's the only reason I know. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that what? show used to be good. Oh, back in the oh, day, yeah. Mighty. Er, yeah. Before, before Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, when they actually tested real cars. Yeah. See, I like my favorite Aussie car people is Mighty Car Mods. Those yeah, they, they do great stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't because I don't, I don't do TV or anything. Uh, they 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 actually have a TV show now. I forgot about that. It, it airs in Australia. Oh. Uh, it's reruns of the YouTube series, but uh, they they started as a YouTube channel, and I haven't watched their stuff in a while actually. But a lot of their old stuff I liked when I was growing up because it was basically like how to do mods as a poor person. And it, you know, mm. as a young kid with little income, I like that. But um, so we're yeah. we're approaching up on two hours here, and I think I think we've had a good conversation. So uh, I think if you guys are good, I'm ready to start wrapping things up here. So yeah, it's sweet as yeah. I mean, I again, uh, Kane, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you know. I know we're on a similar time frame, so it's easy for you to you know communicate with us over here. But uh, I appreciate the viewers that we've had for the show. Um, I think we oh, had exceptionally. Big, big shout out to the viewers. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I learned a lot today, you know, just whether it was about our personal philosophies or, or about opal mining, you know, mm. it was a good, good variety episode just to get away from, you know, we had our usual little dosage of politics, but just to get away from, from politics for at least one show so that we're not constantly talking mm. about the same things. Um, I feel like it was a good, good variety episode. So uh, I hope other people enjoyed it. Um, it seems like we have gotten many different people through to listen at some point or another and as usual um Kane I again I appreciate you coming out and uh is you know do you uh I know you come on Liberty late night I know you're available on uh Liberty memes you got anything that you'd like to plug um just apart from signing up to LMCG LLN and LAD that's that's the only plugs and be be a part of the community and don't let fear hold you back on helping your neighbor. There we go. I like that. Um, yeah. Fantastic, man. Yeah, get to know your neighbor. That's a, that's a big thing I promote. Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, that's all I got for you. So I guess we'll go ahead and let thanks you go. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was yeah. a blast. <laughs> yeah, it was nice meeting you, Ken. Take it yeah, easy. Same to you, Brian. Have a good one, lads. And Thank you. Cheers to all of yours, and hope everyone has a real good night over there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Take it easy. All right, so that was the game.
Absolutely awesome fun. conversation. Yeah, super cool. I knew you'd yeah. like him. Uh, really, real cool guy. Uh, he said, Ben says, I want to learn more about opal mining. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you should, that's I want to learn do. more about how he can fucking tell if a person is good or bad based on their smell. Oh, like, yeah. Well, like, maybe if we have him on again, you can save that one. Yeah, that's. We got to get Kane to do like a YouTube series or something on yeah, opal mining. He, just even do some just, videos. Even just himself. Like, he could just talk about him. Like, yeah. You're just like, yeah, just walk around barefoot, like, can tell how people are by their smell and beat the shit out of rocks and turn them into gems. <laughs> just like, like a vlogger or something. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's, he's a good, good guy. Good guy. I'm super glad he's a part of this community. Very, very cool person. Um, really, though, uh, that's all I've got. Um, Brian, you got any, any final words you want to say before I do my outro? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, well, as, as a... Yeah. But uh, thank you for having me. Uh, the conversation was very enlightening. It was cool to meet Kane. Good dude. Um, yeah. Thanks to everybody for watching. Yeah. Well, if you guys enjoyed the show, uh, you're already watching on the Facebook page. So give it a like if you haven't yet. Uh, we have the community group. Feel free to join that. Uh, just send a request and I'll prove you within an hour unless I'm asleep. And then I'll get to you in the morning. If you enjoyed the show, it's going to be – if you missed part of the show and enjoy it, it's going to be available on pretty much every podcast <laughs> provider you could possibly want. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Uh, about half of the episodes are available on SoundCloud. If people use that more, I'll pay to up the storage on there. But pretty much everybody uses everything but SoundCloud. YouTube as well. We're available there. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it, by all means, go ahead. Um Try not to push that too hard, but yeah, <laughs> it exists. And uh, if you have anything that you want to tell me, you can't get a hold of me on Facebook. We have an email at contact at libertyafterdark.net. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'd say so. Anything else? All right. Cool beans. Uh, it was fantastic having you guys out. And uh, remember, taxation is theft. And we're here to promote individualism, uh, volunteerism, and a better tomorrow. So take it easy.